Hi, everyone, and welcome to the January 29th, 2021 episode of Automotive News Canada Conversations. I'm your host, Greg Layson, the digital and mobile editor here at Automotive News Canada. Mergers are nothing new to Canada's Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram dealers. They've lived through Daimler, Fiat, and hedge fund Cerberus, and my guest today survived them all. And he's always told us at Automotive News Canada how he's really felt about the deals, including calling one of them, quote, a disaster. So how does he feel about this new deal with PSA and the new company Stellantis? What are his expectations, concerns, hopes? What does he see PSA bringing to the Stellantis table? We'll find out when we get the dealer perspective from a man who owns 10 FCA-branded dealerships in Western Canada. That's all today when I have a conversation with the owner of McManus Automotive Group, Mr. Jim McManus, on this episode of Automotive News Canada Conversations. Jim, thanks for joining me on the podcast this week. Well, Greg, thanks for asking me. I really appreciate it and uh, look forward to talking to you. No problem at all. Let's start here. Um, This isn't the first merger Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram dealers have experienced by any stretch. Um, There was Daimler and then there was Fiat. Take me back to those deals. What were those like? And how do they affect or form your expectations of yet another merger? Well, um, being a car dealer, I'm eternally optimistic, obviously. So, um, you know, I started all of those mergers on an optimistic basis. The Daimler one was exciting from me, uh, from my perspective, in that, uh, you know, I felt we had a lot of uh, access to different platforms, different uh, uh, different things than what we had with Chrysler, and plus the prestige of the Daimler name was was something that was rather intriguing. And you know, it worked okay for a while, but it was just not a the cultures weren't a fit, and I think that was the problem in the end. And then I remember I was on dealer council at the time, and I remember when they sold to Cerebus, and uh, I was really not happy about that situation because um, you know I was reading some of the things, and Cerebus wanted a 12% margin on manufacturing, which just was in everybody's mind unattainable. And that was a really bad deal for, uh, for dealers in my opinion. Um, so, uh, and then Fiat Chrysler came along and Sergio, you know, the reality is we're still in business as Chrysler and Dodge dealers in Canada and in the U S I guess too, because Sergio managed to put that deal together. And if we don't have a brand sign in front of our dealership, we really have nothing. So I was always a Sergio fan. And, uh, I think that's, I think, I think the Cerebus or, um, yeah, the, uh, the, the Peugeot one is, a uh, is a continuation of that. I'm, I'm really, again, optimistic about it, but I, but I feel, I feel better about this one than the, than the ones before. Why is that? Um, someone had told me that these are, Um, more of a merger of equals rather than a a big one buying a small one or rather than a a hedge fund or or investment firm buying into an auto dealer. This seems to be more merger of equals creating a powerhouse. Is that the sense you get or what makes you more optimistic about this one than some of the ones in the past? Well, I don't like the term merger of equals because that's what Daimler called it. And, that's true. Uh, yes, you're right. And then, and then I read the book Taken for a Ride, uh, and it clearly wasn't a merger of equals um, uh, with, you know, with Robert Eaton um, kind of got taken for a ride. So, mm-hmm. um, 
I think the difference this time, or one of the major differences that I'm uh, confident about is, is, uh, is Carlos Tavares. I mean, he was, in my mind, similar to a Sergio Marchione, very well-principled uh, guy who knew what he was doing. Uh, and Tavares has a great track record. And uh, after listening to his uh, video presentation on the first day of Stellantis, um, I'm even more confident that uh, that he's the guy. He's uh, he, he's he's the person I think that can lead us into some pretty good things. Is it his his personality? Is it his business acumen? What is it that you like about him, or what is it that struck you in that video presentation? I think the word is humility. Um, I found him in that, um, and I'd never heard him speak before. But I found the way he presented himself and the way that he answered the questions from automotive analysts to be very principled, very uh, a lot of humility in, in what he was answering. And I think he's really got a conviction to make this work. And I, and it's clear that they've got a, a game plan that's been well thought, thought out over quite a period of time. Daimler and Fiat and Peugeot, they're all European brands. Um, what kind of market exists in Canada for a European car or a European car in the vein uh, of these companies? Do you expect demand for them or, or maybe worse, um, do you expect to be forced to sell anything uh, from under the PSA umbrella in the future, even if there isn't demand? I just wonder how you look at what sort of vehicles they bring and if you expect them to be in your stores at some point. Well, that's a very good question. It's one that I think a lot about. I don't think that we're that there's a demand for for that European product at this point, and and I don't think it's going to be there for a while. I think the market itself is inundated with way too many products as it is now. What I think the demand is for is uh, access to the uh, technology and uh, of, of electrification that they have, access to combining platforms both back and forth between FCA and, and Peugeot. Um, so that's what I'm looking for. You mentioned um, electrification. Uh, let's talk about that because I know statistics show Alberta isn't big on electric vehicles, but I know you have an FCA store near Vancouver uh, and PSA certainly has the electric capabilities and electric offerings that FCA might not necessarily have. Um, what do you think or what would you like to see happen on the electric electrification front would you like to see the current uh fca lineup uh electrified or would you like to see something new come over from europe i just wonder how you view that well in prefacing my answer on that i one of the things that uh mr Tavares said on his video was that they're that the governments they're asking the governments to look at the at electrification uh as a whole issue rather than just from engine to wheels on a car. In other words, a 360 degree view where, where they, where they view it as what is the carbon footprint of things like taking the, taking what's required out of the ground to produce these batteries, transporting that to manufacturing facilities, manufacturing the batteries, uh, disposing of batteries when they're, when they're done, building an infrastructure of charging batteries across the country. What is, what is the imprint of that, impact of that? And no one really talks about that. So, so I was glad to hear that. Um, but having said that, what I look for, I mean, Alberta's a bit redneck, as you know, and um, uh, we're big truck country. Sure. Uh, um, 
electrification is clearly coming, and I'm not. I'm certainly not opposed to it. But he made another point about what manufacturers produce and what dealers ultimately sell is very political. And as we all know, the political um, uh, side right now is all about electrification because people are concerned about the environmental, uh, and rightfully so. So they're forcing, in some ways, electrification on uh, manufacturers. And my personal feeling is that that's, that's not really a good thing if you analyze it from the entire perspective of, of carbon footprint. So what holes right now are there in the FC li- FCA lineup? Um, is there anything missing? And I ask because FCA dealers in Ontario tell me they'd like a small car. I've, I've gone shopping personally to some dealerships and they've said, geez, I wish we had a car to sell as we make small talk. And we've heard some Ford dealers disgruntled at the fact that Ford no longer offers cars. Do you think there's anything missing in the FCA Canada lineup that um, Stellantis using the, the Peugeot brands or, or something else from Europe uh, would fit a hole or plug a hole in that lineup? Or are you happy with what you've got right now? Well, I, I'm not unhappy with with what we have. Um, but having said that, um, we could use some car product. We don't have any, and that's that's a reality. And that's where I think the electric car, the hybrid um, car would, would play a, a decent role for us. But, um, you know, the big three manufacturers have almost been, been forced uh, to go with their truck lineup and their SUV lineup because that's where the money is. And they've kind of abdicated the car role to Honda and Toyota and, and Nissan, I guess, to some degree. So um, would it help? It would, but I think it's down the road a bit. Do you like, and you, you mentioned that sort of relegating the car market to um, Japanese and Korean automakers. Do you liken this to sort of the shift in the 70s and 80s of um, the compact car being um, basically owned by the Japanese brands and the Korean brands later? Um, is that what you're seeing in the car market now? Is that it, it, it's sort of mirroring what happened to the compact car, but now we're just seeing it as the car in general being pushed aside by North American automakers? I think that's a good point. I mean, uh, and as I said, I think they were almost forced to do it, but, uh, and, and the imports to lump them together have stuck with the car thing. And I'm quite frank, thankful. We've got Kia, Hyundai, Toyota, and, and Nissan. So when I get one of my customers looking for a car, that's where I go, right? Sure. You um, have the advantage of being able to send them down the road to, to one of your other dealerships, right? Yeah, we do. So first, Simply standalone FCA guys. A car would, a smaller car would be, would be nice. We've always been told by FCA uh, they can't do it because there's no no margin in it. And uh, Tavares um, discussed margins as well, and and he was very blunt. He said, uh, and he related it to political situations, and, and I think he talked about South America and said, um, you know, if the politicians force us into into manufacturing and trying to sell a certain product, uh, then we then we as a company have to make a decision whether we play in that game or whether we don't. Because our goal, he said, is to provide um, safe, clean, and affordable transportation. And and I like those 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 three things: safe, clean, and affordable. Um, but he said, we, as a manufacturer, if we can't do that in a particular market, then we're just not going to play in there. So hopefully, they can do it in North America eventually with a car for FCA dealers. 
So right now, as it stands, what's your biggest concern about this merger? Does anything jump out at you? Is there any one thing? Um, I think I'll go back to the, the, you know, the safe, clean and affordable. We, we've seen prices and not just FCA, everybody, we've seen such an escalation in, in prices in the last couple of years and maybe three years, uh, it's really been an, an amazing on our trucks. I mean, they've just gone up and up and up in price and it gets to a point, I guess, where they're not affordable. And that's a big concern to me. Um, other than that, I just, I guess I, we're just, just waiting to see what happens. We're uh, optimistic and, uh, you know, uh, apparently Peugeot has 29 electrification, electrified units available to sell now, and they'll have 31 by the end of this year. That will eventually, and it'll take time, um, move over into our world, which which will be a good thing. You just touched on it that the, the truck market and the transaction prices and the affordability, um, all these things, the transaction prices are going up. They might be a little more difficult to afford unless, of course, I mean, interest rates are low and you can stretch out your payment plans um, over a, a huge number of months. But given that the focus um, for FCA and, and the Detroit 3, for that matter, are on trucks and SUVs that... Um, are more profitable. Do those need to be electrified as quickly as possible? Do there does there need to be electric trucks and SUVs uh, sooner rather than later? You know, Greg, I don't know the answer to that question. Um, <laughs> I think uh, I think the hybrid step from pure internal combustion engine to electrification is is an important one, and I think that. Um, that it'll be a longer transition period from from uh, hybrid to pure electrification in the in the truck world, and the technology clearly has to change in terms of the uh, of the how far these things can go. I mean, most of our customers in our dog's world right now they're work trucks. They're they're not interested in, in any way in electrification. Plus the fact that, as we all know, electrification bumps the price again, right? That's right. They're still not on par, are they? That that's a difficult hurdle for the consumer to to get over because they are different in price. So, what gives you the most hope about this merger? Then we talked about maybe what your concern is, but what are you most hopeful about? Well, I am hopeful um, that uh, that they do this transition um, in the proper way, and by that I mean slowly and with lots of communication. Uh, sometimes a lot of the manufacturers are light on communication on communication and I don't know whether it's they don't trust dealers or, or whatever, but we all want to know what's going on. And I think, you know, we're pretty good business people. And, and, uh, I think if, if we, if we get the information that they can share with us, I think it makes it, I think it makes us all a better team. So I'm hopeful that they communicate with us. I'm hopeful that, uh, I'm very keen on, on Mark Manley. He's a, you know, he's a, he's a good leader. He's, he's a smart car guy. And, uh, I think he understands the needs of dealers um, because we have a commercial relationship with the manufacturer for sure, but, but we're also partners and it's important that we work together to make this thing work. So I guess that's what I'm hopeful of more, more cooperation um, working with the factory so we can make it work. Stellantis CEO, Carlos Tavares is going to be touring the U S dealerships. Um, not all of them, of course, uh, over the uh, course of the near future. There's no word yet on whether he's coming to Canada, but if he were to show up at your dealership or one of your dealerships and you were there, what would you tell him or what would you ask him? <laughs> um, 
Well, I guess first of all, I'd thank him for all the work and effort he put in to get this thing, get this thing done. And then I would stress what, what I just said that, you know, we're on the same team as as your dealer group, and and we just want to be kept in the loop, and we want to work with you as hard as we can to make this the best franchise that it can be. And and I think if manufacturers and dealers work together, that that's not an unattainable goal. That's what I tell them. There's no question that um, Sergio Marchionne was a titan in this industry, beloved by a lot of dealers. How, how difficult will it be for Carlos Tavares to follow in his footsteps? Because I always hear how much dealers liked Sergio and his communication and sort of his his plans. Is that a tough person to follow up on if you're Carlos Tavares from a dealer's perspective? Because I know so many loved um, Sergio so much. Well, I think there's, and I, don't get me wrong, I, as I said before, we still have a brand sign on our Dodge stores because of Sergio Marchionne. So I'm not going to... Uh, lose sight of that. Um, but I think from what I've seen of, of Carlos Tavares, that, that he's a type of guy that will learn from mistakes of other people. And that includes Sergio Marchione in terms of, uh, you know, the Fiat situation, the Alfa Romeo situation. Um, they didn't learn from Toyota when they, when they canceled their, I don't know what, I can't remember the name of their, but that one brand that was targeted at youth after years of, of it not working, they canceled it. Um, so I think that, yeah, um, I think that this guy is a more thoughtful guy. I think he's less ego guy, quite frankly. Um, and uh, so I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to that, and and uh, hopefully, hopefully that's the case. But time will tell. It certainly will, Jim. I appreciate your time as always. Thanks for joining me on the show this week. Fascinating conversation. Um, great insight into what dealers are, are looking for um, when it comes to um, what's now known as Stellantis. All the best. Well, I appreciate that, Greg. We reached Jim at his Mercedes-Benz dealership in Calgary. If you want to be a guest on the show, have a suggestion, or simply want to comment, email me at glason at autonews.com. And remember, you can listen to all our previous shows on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, or on our website, automotivenews.ca. Just click the Canada Conversations tab at the top of the homepage. That does it for this episode of Automotive News Canada Conversations. We hope you'll join us next time. So long, everybody. 